0: Would you pray with me? Lord, even the smallest drop of dew sings, sings to the goodness of your glory. Sings her songs of thanksgiving, wide and free. So be with us in all your glory. Open our hearts wide and free this morning to hear from you speak to us in each of our own hearts song the words we need to hear in Christ we pray Amen so our scripture today has this wonderful intriguing phrase if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good and tasted is such a such a striking word to use about God. To taste something is so personal and physical. And I think to taste that the Lord is good suggests to me an encounter that's very intimate. Something that we experience maybe in our bodies even more than in our heads. I mentioned Uh, last, the last time I preached that I spent some time in August in New Mexico recently in the canyon country there. And New Mexico is a very special place for me. You know the, the state motto is the land of enchantment and on this last trip it was exactly that. I felt the beauty and the mystery of God's presence in such a palpable way that I could say that I tasted that indeed the Lord was good. And those kinds of experiences, they they have me so curious about what these holy moments really are. I think we have these holy moments. All of us have them, I think. Sometimes they're small and sometimes they're dramatic. There are these times when the world feels a little different and we sense the presence of something more, capital M, more. But you know, it can be hard to talk about these kinds of experiences. Um, One, because they can feel a little bit, well, the the technical theological term is woo-woo. They can be a little too new agey for us sensible Presbyterians. But you know, they're also hard to talk about because we each experience them differently. And maybe we don't feel like we experience them at all or, or what we experience is so subtle and so delicate that it's hard to find words for anyway. And we decide maybe they're, it's really not that important. And I wanna to argue today that these moments are important that they are a glimpse, uh, a window, a taste of how the world actually really is and who we actually really are. I also wanna argue that maybe these experiences are given to us as a guide to help us move toward this deeper, truer level of reality. So James Finley is a a wonderful writer and teacher in the contemplative Christian tradition. And he tells a story that I find helpful in talking about these things that are so hard to talk about. He said early in his career as a therapist, he was doing an internship at an alcohol treatment center at a veterans' hospital. And the patients on this alcohol treatment unit had over the years developed a kind of initiation rite for when a new, new man came on to the, to the unit. And so one day James Finley watched as a new patient was brought into a large meeting room and around the room there are chairs filled with the other men on the unit, about 80 of them in a big circle. And in the middle of the circle there's two chairs and the the new patient is invited to sit in one chair and the more seasoned leader is sitting in the other. And the leader asks him, what do you love most? And to this the new man, not sure sure quite what to say, says, my wife, my wife is is who I love most. And in response, all the men, now I forgot to tell you, they were looking, they came in looking down and being very quiet. Their heads are down. So at this, they look up and they yell, bull hockey, at the man. That's a veteran's hospital. They didn't really say bull hockey. That's just, you know. So the man in the chair asks again, what do you love most? And now the man's flustered and he says, he says, my children my faith, and to each answer he gave, the men would look up again and yell, bull hockey, (laughs) until finally the man said, alcohol. Alcohol is what I love most. And at that moment, the men in the room, they all stood up and they started clapping for him, and, and the man began to cry. And then one by one, they came up to him and, and shook his hand or hugged him. And James Finley says that as he's watching this, he knows in this moment something important is happening. There's, there's a transformation taking place in this man. And I share this story because for me, when I imagine what that man felt like, and I can kind of, the story's so good that I can kind of imagine what that, He might feel like. I think that's what it feels like when you're having a holy moment. That's what it feels like when God gets past our usual defenses and our egoic certainty and we are broken open. And reflecting on the event later, James Finley says he came up with five qualities that he thought that he saw in this man, and I want to share them with you. First, that the man was vulnerable. His woundedness was exposed, he was defenseless in a sense. But paradoxically, James Finley says, it's a vulnerability in which a deep invincibility shone through because it revealed that place in him that belonged only to God, that the world can't touch, which is in each of us, by the way. Second, the man was childlike. He said in that moment there was no posing, no posturing. He was not trying to be anything other than himself, like children so often do. In that childlikeness, a true maturity actually shown through. Simple, guileless, sincere. Third, he said, the man was alone in the sense that he had to cross this threshold by himself. But at the same time, there was this unitive mystery unfolding in which the man disappears into the unity of God. Fourth, that the man knew nothing in that moment. He had none of the usual bravado of the alcoholic, none of the, none of the justifications, no more excuses. And in knowing nothing, this luminous understanding was present. He knew everything he needed to know. And finally, Finley says the man was dying in the sense that the alcoholic that had been claiming to have the final say in who he was was falling away and something new was being born. I share these five paradoxical qualities because I, help, I find that they help me when I'm trying to remember what these holy moments feel like, I come back to those, I hold on to them, because more and more I think we've got to find ways to hold on to those moments. You know, I I used to think that they were, these holy moments were, if they were real at all, were a kind of just an odd, interesting accident. Like maybe someone in heaven was too slow closing the employee's only door. And we get this glimpse into how things really are that we're not supposed to see. But what if they're not accidents at all? If we really believe that we are not just human beings who occasionally have spiritual experiences, but that we are spiritual beings, having a human experience. Maybe these moments are ways for God to get our attention. Maybe these moments are spiritual breadcrumbs saying, come this way. Maybe they're trying to awaken a longing in us for more of them so that over time and by cultivating those five qualities in ourselves with practice, We can learn to live actually more and more in that spaciousness that now we only get glimpses of. You probably remember in high school learning about if-then conditional sentences, if this, then that. Well, that wonderful scripture of ours today is actually the first part of an if-then conditional sentence. It just happens to fall at the end of the sentence. So if you reverse them, you read, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, then like newborn infants long for that pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, then like newborn infants long for that spiritual milk so that by it you may grow into salvation. If we have been fortunate enough to glimpse even for a second who we really are and how this world really is, just a glimpse of it, maybe in some dramatic moment that opens up our heart like that man, or just in some quiet moment watching leaves fall from a tree. Rather than diminish or dismiss it, we should be like newborn children longing for the milk, that spiritual milk. We should long to live more and more in that beauty-filled love-drenched reality that it reveals. We should long to cultivate in ourselves those qualities of vulnerability and childlike openness, willing to die to everything in us that is not love. We should long to live more and more with eyes to see, ears to hear, and a tongue to taste that indeed the Lord is good. For by it we may grow, we may grow into our salvation.